0: The following podcast contains spoilers for the Burmese harp. You have been warned!
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Colin's been Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. It's
0: felt a lot
1: easier to say this time than it did last week.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're in for a slightly more fun episode Mm -hmm. this week. Not that this is a comedy or anything, the movie we're we're talking about, but uh, it's not about child torture or child assault or Mm -hmm. abuse or anything like that. It's death on a different scale. It is, it is, and it's still sad, but it's not as mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's not as, it's, yeah. It's sad, (laughs) not as sad. (laughs) It's the entire world being shitty instead of Mm -hmm. one particular person, which somehow makes it better, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Thanks, Hitler. Oh, mm, yeah. Yeah.
1: Baby. Uh what movies did you see, Glenn? Uh yes, you know me, watching movies left and right. Watched two movies, both left and right. The Black Phone and The Burmese Harp. Oh yeah. <laughs> was just such a pickle. Uh and obviously, like as always, watching the uh the shows you know, that I've been watching. I feel watching. like
0: the Academy is going to be screwed next uh, Stonies. There's going to be so many that uh It's almost like they, they should seen. know
1: my pattern by now.
0: I mean, almost, almost, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we have a uh, review for Black Phone on our uh, YouTubes, so you mm-hmm, can check mm-hmm. that out. And then uh, we're about to talk about the Burmese Harp, but I saw 13 movies. Oh, uh, cranking one, them out. One TV show and then 12 movies. Uh, I watched Funny Games, the original 1997 one that is uh, fr- from Germany, not the Shot for Shot remake. Uh, with a, That's in English uh, from, I think it's 2007. Mm. Uh same director shot for shot remake he wanted to make his own movie again in English uh and it is exactly that
1: very well done.
0: yeah, I mean it's got obvious differences because of the languages, but um yeah, it was interesting it's It's a little more believable mm-hmm. uh, than the the American one just because the American one had Naomi Harris or not Harris Naomi Watts and mm-hmm. uh, Tim Roth. And then Michael Pitt It had people that you recognize uh, So it was just like Where well, that one does not obviously There's one guy that I recognized But I've only seen him in one other movie uh, And then the rest were people I had never seen before So it was more yeah. uh, believable I guess in, in a way mm-hmm. um, But yeah Pretty good movie That is on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die But I did not watch it for the series I will re-watch it for the series at some point But oh. that's not where I good. watched it this time around uh, then, and my boy my my blood oh. my my son oh. uh, we watched Toy Story together. He loved oh. it. he was just you quietly he was quietly sitting and watching it the whole time uh,
1: that 's a good man right there,
0: yeah, is he the Mozart of watching movies? Probably, <laughs> but who am I to judge? <laughs> no, I, like every time we watch a movie that he actually likes and is interested i 'm amazed at how much he can just sit still and watch it because mm-hmm. he's only 1 years old and would be uh, his father's son after all. He do be his father's son. Yes. Uh, but yeah, glad that he liked that. I tried watching 2 and 3 as well, but he was a little I think he was just oversitting at that point. <laughs> yeah. So we'll try those another time. Uh then I finished the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh really mm-hmm, liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh the end the final episode was really good. Uh, but I mean, these series still don't blow me away yet. They're, yeah. they're good I'm glad they're being made because they're definitely better than the sequels were but it, ju-
1: it just breaks my heart that there's so much potential to blow you away but it yeah. just doesn't
0: they play it too safe a lot of the times mm-hmm. um, granted that's because the one time they didn't play it safe with The Last Jedi everyone lost their shit mm-hmm. uh, I still hold the f- fact that uh, the The Last Jedi is the best of the sequels um
1: it up it up yeah for sure
0: it definitely yeah. had
1: some of the best parts. I the of only the thing I series. didn't like
0: about it is that it abandoned plot lines that uh, Force Awakens started mm-hmm. and then that kind of screwed over some actors. That's the only thing I don't like about Last Jedi but it was definitely more interesting than uh Force Awakens and uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um but yeah, we're talking about Obi-Wan. Good series. Uh yeah, there we go. <laughs> then for the 1001 movies you must see before you die I watched an Australian movie called Rabbit Proof Fence Uh, it's just I don't want to say just it's another movie about how terrible uh, uh, colonialism is and about about, uh, how uh, I think they were Australia at the time but like the Australian government started taking uh, aboriginal children from their home uh, who were technically um, uh, half white half uh, or aboriginal. Uh, mm-hmm. They called them half caste. I don't know if that's a racist term. I've never heard of it before. So if it is, I apologize. But uh, they uh, would remove them from their homes and force them to go to a school. All for the purpose of uh, essentially controlling their lives and making them marry white people so eventually their race would be quote unquote eradicated. Which is uh, nefarious to say the least. Uh, that's a very horrible reason to do that. It's a horrible thing to do to begin with, but for that to be the reason is even more horrible. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, fuck uh, colonialism. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ben- Bastards who did that. <laughs> exactly. You Took the words right out of my mm-hmm. mouth. Uh, then I watched The Phantom of the Open. It is a movie based on a true story of this guy who kind of, he loses his job as a crane operator, so he uh, just joins the uh, British Open. Uh, golf tournament but he had never golfed before really so he's not great and it's kind of just follows his whole story uh really interesting really fun uh better than i thought it was going to be he's got mark rylance in it um i saw you that day you did i saw it at your theater uh the oh, downtown regal cinemas uh benny was not there uh so shame benny shame do you benny hear, do you for, hear that? Shame. for shame for shame i know you listen to these podcasts so shame mm-hmm. on you uh, but yeah, I, I rather enjoyed that. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Uh, then we watched black phone, have a uh, review for that on, uh, YouTube. Uh, then <laughs> this is a really dumb thing, by the way. Uh, I realized because of all the Pixar movies I had been watching lately, uh, uh, crap, what's his name? They're, <laughs> they're good luck charm. That's it. Like does like a little voice in every single one of their movies, uh, Ratzenberger, I forget his first name but he's in cheers. Um I <laughs> he have no was idea. On, on Letterboxd he was the number one actor that I had seen according to this. <laughs> and uh up until then, John Ratzenberger. He he plays uh th- um the pig in uh, Toy Story and mm-hmm. then he's their quote unquote good luck charm so he does a lot of voices in all the movies. Uh so he had overtaken uh director actor Daniel Shiner. Uh, from everything, everywhere, all at once, Swiss Army Man, and all of the shorts, as the most watch, the most watched actor I had watched. Which I just love that he was the most watched actor. So what I did, I found two of their shorts that I had not seen and that he was in. <laughs> so I watched them just to, so he could overtake John Ratzenberger again. It's so perfect. I watched My Best Friend's Wedding, My Best Friend's Sweating, <laughs> which is just this guy who's really sweaty the day of his wedding. Yeah. Uh, it's it's as dumb and funny as you would expect from the the Daniels, uh, and then I watched Tides of Heart, which uh, just is a very short one about a boat coming out of a guy's chest. And they they
1: really just let the imagination flow. They really
0: do. They're just like, yeah. What if that boat just came out of your chest? That boat that's on your shirt. What if it came out of your chest? That's the whole short. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. So now Daniel Shiner still reigns supreme as my most watched actor. Uh, I will only accept if uh, Owen Wilson, uh, Paul Newman, or Robert Duvall overtakes him. Uh, just because they're... Uh, I don't want to say John Ratzenberg is not a legitimate actor, but... He's no Daniel Scherner. live action. <laughs> he did not get spanked by Michelle Yeoh on everything, everywhere, all at it once. It's so. true. There we go. Uh, then for the 1001 uh, movies you must see before you die, I watched Pickpocket. That is going to be part of my August, yeah, August episode because I'm trying to stay ahead uh, mm-hmm. and find out what I thought then. Then I watched The Hustler with John Newman. John Newman, Paul Newman, Jesus Christ. Uh, also for the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Uh, that will also be in the August episode. Then watch the Burmese Harp. We're going to into it in just a second. Yesterday I watched The Passion of Darkly Noon, which is a uh, Brendan Fraser movie with Viggo Mortensen and Ashley Ooh. Judd, where he plays like a religious zealot who lost his family and kind of gets adopted by this couple <laughs> who is his age. It's really weird. Perfect. I, th- I, I think he, he was supposed to be much younger than he is. Yeah. Which I love Brendan Fraser, but if that's the case, he's a terrible casting choice just because he's never looked like a child, not even <laughs> when he was a child. He just came always out, a handsome man. He came out a handsome devil and, and had the jaw that could cut glass. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But yeah, it's, it's a very ambitious, interesting movie that I liked the ideas, but it wasn't executed very well. So I think it would be a great candidate for a uh, a remake because it's like the story's good the the whole thing's there the whole idea of like a religious zealot uh, being tempted by this woman who he thinks is beautiful and sexy and all that and it just it's an interesting story it's it's hard to explain without it sounding like you know a skinamax movie but it's not it's, yeah. it's, it's it's deeper than that it goes into the whole idea of like religious and ab- yeah religious <laughs> abuse and everything um. Yeah. So it's very interesting, but not executed well. Then for the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die, I watched Carmen Jones. That will also be included in the uh, August episode uh, of my my series. Uh, This was interesting because it is from 1954 and is a musical but has an entirely African-American cast. Uh, Something that is unheard of back then I was
1: gonna say unheard of
0: (laughs) yeah uh the director Otto Preminger actually had to finance it entirely himself in order to get it made uh and he was like so um, yeah just an interesting idea yeah it's a uh it's a adaptation of the opera Carmen uh for those of you who are familiar with it it's a very famous opera that's all you need to know if you hear the music in it you'll recognize the melodies They obviously changed the lyrics to be English and have to do with the 50s and and everything uh, Mm -hmm. in in America. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I I was kind of bored with it up until the last 10, 15 minutes, and then it really picked up. Just grabbed your own in. It did. But uh, that's all. (laughs) That's all. It took 10 minutes for me to go through those. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so that does it for the movies I watched. Let's get into the Burmese Harp. 的に
1: In the war's closing days when a conscious-driven Japanese soldier fails to get his countrymen to surrender to overwhelming force, he adopts the lifestyle of a Buddhist monk.
0: Nice. Nice. I don't think you stuttered. Many I almost once. did a
1: couple times.
0: Well, you, you covered it very well. But I found the uh, willpower. Yeah. It is directed by Kan Ichikawa, uh, written by, I'm assuming that the novel is by Michio Takeyama, and the screenplay is Natawada. Uh, it mm-hmm. is starring Rentaro Mikuni, Shoji Yasui, T- uh, Tetsuo Mihashi, and Jun Hamamura. Uh, I'm pretty sure those are the cor- close enough to correct pronunciations where I didn't completely embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. But only time will tell. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, this was selected by our streaming roulette process. Uh, and I didn't really know what to expect going Obviously, I knew the plot was about a Buddhist monk and everything, but it was a little more hopeful than I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a completely, like, downer movie uh, that a lot of war movies, especially from Japan, were because of, you know, being the v- victim of a nuclear attack and everything. Yeah. Um, But this kind of had a very optimistic way of looking at it in a way. Um, whereas, like, it, it recognized the tragedy, but... It was instead of, uh, you know, the the Japanese stereotype oh oh, die, you have to die in war for it to be honorable uh, yeah. if, if you lose and everything. It was like, no, we can live and rebuild. Yep. And that was something that, you know, just took me off guard because you, you never hear about Je- – like, everyone always assumes all Japanese soldiers were, like, kamikazes, but that's yeah, obviously they, not the case.
1: They usually they, they, – you usually think they try to go the samurai mentality, whereas like I'm gonna die in battle, and if I yeah. if I don't, you know, seppuku, I must I must die, yeah. or as I say, sudoku, which is <laughs> fucked up in this situation. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was. I, I don't, I've never watched too many uh, World War II movies from like the the Japanese point of view, except for <laughs> like I think Letters to Iwo Jima. Um, there's probably and, that, a was, and
0: that was even directed by Clint Eastwood. I mean, it's from yeah. the Japanese perspective, but
1: it's, it's American-made. Just American guy, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you you don't really see, at least I haven't seen too many from uh, the Japanese perspective of from a Japanese, you know, from the Japanese uh, filmmakers. Yeah. Um, it's so it was it was really nice to be able to get like a fresh, uh, a breath of fresh air, knowing that you know. It wasn't all like the stereotypes and shit like we usually see, um, like the so like you were saying the soldiers, uh, they surrendered and then they didn't re- didn't Jesus I'm having a heart attack anyway, <laughs> um, they didn't just like I'm gonna fucking die if I can't defend my country to my last dying breath yeah so like oh, yeah you're dying anyway but it was it was really cool and then going. Um, with his name, I'm forgetting, and I had it the whole time. Uh, Mizushima, yeah. um, going with him the whole time and seeing um, him trying to get the soldiers on, on his side to surrender so they can live another day, and then obviously the tragic uh, stuff that happened right after he did that. Um, yeah. Changing his whole point of view and what he could have done but didn't get to do was was like just really kind of eye opening to like if you've surviving such uh, horrible events like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was that was one thing I was I was kind of worried about going into this uh that I thought the jump to um him just wanting to become a a Buddhist monk would have been something that was only culturally understood by Japanese people. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just the whole spiritual aspect of it, but they did it in such a universal way with him going through this, uh, horrific event of trying to save all of these Japanese soldiers who refused to acknowledge that their country had surrendered and refused to realize that they are better, uh, utilized for their country if they live and go help rebuild and instead mm-hmm. went with the whole ancient tradition of dying in battle and and forcing yourself to die in battle by uh continuing to fight in a in a time where it's you know it's not going to do anything um yeah and so you know he already has that shock and that that guilt racked on him uh going in the be- like in the beginning of the film and then you know just as he tries to make his way back just seeing all these bodies that are just laid out in the open rotting i could completely see anyone uh just deciding that they're done with society in general and and gonna just become nomadic kind of like how he was uh Mm -hmm. to to go and bury the dead and, and give them respectful burials uh so that was a pleasant surprise that it wasn't such a you know japanese only idea it was very universal that you understood how he could come to that conclusion and it was very natural um so i i really enjoyed that part because I, I was a little worried about that going in uh that not not that it would be bad just that i would kind of be lost and there would be uh logic jumps that would be like yeah you know just cultural differences not anything that would be too bad but Mm -hmm.
1: because I mean this could I mean literally could just happen to anybody just imagine that happening here for god's sake yeah I mean it's kind
0: of what happens in the deer hunter uh I don't know if you've seen the deer hunter have you
1: I've really want to
0: (laughs) okay um all I will say is Christopher Walken's character has a similar journey Mm -hmm. uh I'm not gonna say anything else it's a it's much different than this but it's it's very similar the mindset um but it is it is kind of that where he kind of like he's just kind of done with society at that point and just kind of does his own thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a very universal concept uh, that I was not expecting.
1: I also like that um, it wasn't just, like, his point of view. It was also his his other, uh, his unit, just looking for him, too, because they said once they surrendered that, like, we would all go back together. We would yeah. build, rebuild together and live our lives together. And he was the one who had to go back and try to get the other unit to surrender for the uh, for the British and the uh, Indians, Mm -hmm. Um, and he never came back. So like they're just like constantly like dreading like worst possible like scenario, and uh, and just knowing that he could be out there, but they never uh, got a body or anything. Just drove no closure. Yeah, no closure to it. It just drove them nuts. So it was really cool to see. Both perspectives, especially once um, once he did start like kind of popping up, they're like, "Was was that him? Hold on, was that him?"
0: <laughs> yeah, and but, even within the the group, there were different viewpoints where mm-hmm. one of them was just like, "Hey, you're not honoring him by ch- holding on to him, like possibly being alive." Yeah, uh, and it's it's only disrespecting him, and then. You know, no one was really just like, there's no real fighting. There's like slight disagreements and arguments, but there's no real fighting about that because everyone knew that, you know, even though we've seen so, uh, someone that looks like him, it might not be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it never went the over dramatic route um, with that as well. Um, so that was really appreciated. But uh, the beginning of this before they surrendered, uh, when they're kind of trying to trick the British soldiers by, like, dancing and singing and making them think that they don't see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the British people started singing, the British soldiers, I thought that this was kind of going to be, like, the uh, Joyeux Noël uh, story. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're... Are you familiar with that?
1: Uh, I feel like I am, but go ahead. Explain I'm sure you, you are. Me. So, uh, in
0: World War One, I, I believe it was Scottish and German soldiers and maybe French so- soldiers as well uh, were fighting in in France in World War One, and Christmas Eve, the Germans started singing uh, "Silent Night," uh, obviously mm-hmm. in German. I, but the, the melody was noticeable to both the Scots and the the, uh, the French, and. So then they started singing as well, and then they all came into no man's land and kind of celebrated Christmas together, and then Mm -hmm. they refused to fight each other. It's a really beautiful story about like humanity and you know kind of taking a minute to take a step back, realize that you know not your your government can use all the propaganda to make you hate the other person, but in the end of the day, most of them are just like you. Um, And so I thought it was going to be like that when the British people started singing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it kind of was where it was. It yeah. was became more peaceful after that, but it wasn't quite the same. But I, I still love that concept of you know to showing peace to sing a song that everyone knows, even if it's in a different language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so just I, a, I love
1: that as well. The only yeah. the only issue I had with that was why were they? Oh, I guess I could kind of answer this myself. Why were they like stalking them and like scoping them out instead of just being like white flagging it and being like, hey? Uh, we don't have to fight anymore, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> well,
0: uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm sure but, there's like war etiquette or something, or it might have just been a creative choice to build tension. Yeah, um,
1: which is which is great, but also yeah. like it's you you with the Japanese code, it's kind of like the way of honor is they're gonna go out fight most likely. So I I yeah. also don't blame them for stalking. But yeah, the, go the, with
0: with that with that uh stereotype, it's definitely. You know, understandable that they would take some caution uh, in in approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing. I mean, obviously, I'm not a soldier. I will never be a soldier. Uh, I personally think fighting for a government is stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not like your people, but the government, because governments are never great and never fighting pe- for your people reasons. is one thing. Yeah, Definitely fighting for fighting your people for is one thing, is but something. fighting for the government is not.
1: Um, Especially ones that they start.
0: <laughs> yeah we have any fingers. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh but yeah, it it's it, this was a much more human story than I thought it was going to be. I don't know what I expected from it. I, I this is the first I heard of it. Yeah. Uh, when we did it last year or last year. Last week when, when it came <laughs> up last week. And uh yeah, I I thought it was beautiful honestly, you know, especially t- towards the end when they kind of started realizing that it is, uh, Mizu, uh, Mizushima, who was the monk that kept, they kept passing. And, uh, when he finally approaches them and, and plays on his harp and then sends a letter, it kind of just ties everything up in this night, neat, nice, neat bow. And, mm. uh, it's a beautiful story that, or a harp or a harp. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, neat harp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah i mean it's it's definitely cool to see the culture yeah. of uh the Japanese soldiers and even the uh the Burmese um who are st- even though Burma is no longer a country they the the people still exist in uh Myanmar i believe is is called myanmar Well, they call it, it both
1: is. actually because I looked into this for about five minutes <laughs> um, yeah. so they're they're still calling it Burma but they can also call it you know uh Myanmar Myanmar, yeah. Or Myanmar whatever it is. They just had a coup last uh, year or it, 2 it, years ago too. Jeez. A, a
0: military coup cuz they uh the military didn't like the fact that the president got reelected. Hmm. So
1: <laughs> don't blame them. Um yeah. but yeah, I saw I saw that. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. So I did like a very little bit of research, but it's it's still both. Like yeah. the people can choose what they want to call it. I think Imagine,
0: internationally, it's myanam. Myanam. Yes. However you um, pronounce it.
1: <laughs> I I read that the United States still calls it Burma, but if, fuck if I know. It's I would be weird being having to like call your country.
0: Two well, that's different one thing I don't names. understand in general is like why, why is there different names for different countries in different languages like. Should literally be the one thing. (laughs) Yeah, everywhere kind of calls England something close to England and America something close to America. But like Mm -hmm. Germany is Deutschland in Germany. Why don't we call it Deutschland? Uh, Then you have like Holland uh, is called something else. We call the Holland – we call people from Holland Dutch. I don't know what they consider themselves. But it's just Swedish people don't call themselves Swedes they're not Swedish they're, or they're not in Sweden. The yeah. whole thing's weird. It's just like super weird. I don't know why, why people didn't just get together. And be like, this is what our country is called. <laughs> Please call us that. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably also overthinking it. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I did take some solace knowing that it wasn't just American movies, putting people in Brown and blackface. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like obviously it's still not a good thing but it's when i saw that i was like it wasn't just america okay yeah i noticed that in the (laughs) beginning
1: i was like is that what i think
0: it is yeah that guy is not indian
1: (laughs) um but yeah i mean from any different point of storytelling this this movie is just genuinely good yeah um whether or not you're going from like a, a, a war film or just like a just a nomad film or just the yeah. respective religious film in any way. It's, it's, it's really good. I think my only quarrel with it is that it was maybe 15 to 20 minutes too long, but I, I, mean, I would agree e- with even, that. Even that it's, it wasn't that, that bad of a 15, yeah. two minutes long. Yeah. But uh, I don't know.
0: Uh, but I've always been of the opinion that you can't have a good war movie unless it's anti-war uh, mm-hmm. not anti soldier uh, like i think a lot of people hear anti war and think they automate like were automatically anti troops or whatever yeah that's not the case anti war just means hey our troops shouldn't be dying in this war yeah there have been very few wars that have actually been worth fighting uh, especially from an american military standpoint um mm-hmm. and and that's like to be anti war is just to be like hey this is not worth you people you're like you are our, our people dying over uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it, in my opinion, if you watch a pro-war movie, it probably sucks. Like yeah. it's it, it's if it never questions or, or glorifies the violence, then it, it's it's a problem. It might be good, but not good for the right reasons. <laughs> if, yeah, If, if I, I mean, said it, that right, it, it, it'd uh-huh. be like a popcorn movie. It'd be like yeah. a more like a John Wick movie than anything. But. You know, no one watches John Wick and thinking that everything that's happening in it is good. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't consider it a war movie if it was like that. I would consider it a action movie. Uh, but a war movie, in my opinion, must be inherently anti-war in its message. Mm. But that's just me. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say. I think the same as I. All right, so that does it for our review. That brings us to our judgment for the Burmese harp. Does it become a little shelf boy with l- the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden? There are others on there, but those are the only two I ever remember to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'll go it's first. Just um, tr-
1: it's just truciation.
0: Yeah, it needs to be a unanimous decision. So uh, I'll go first. Uh, I really enjoy this. I, I think it's a very well-made film. Um, it is touching and human and its message and everything and it's got beautiful cinematography uh, for uh, in black and white cinematography and just the the showing of the culture around that time in, in Burma and the Japanese soldiers and everything uh, mm-hmm. was really cool to see so I would say it does go on the shelf
1: I would say so too um, cool. I had I had been wikying a lot throughout this and it was, I always enjoy a movie that's like gets me invested like that. Yeah. And this was just genuinely a, a good watch, like I had said, just from every point of view and uh, everything you said, times 10. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh,
0: so the Burmese harp does go onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, that brings us to a plug. We haven't had a plug in a minute. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ah, we used to do these all the time and then we we're like, you know what? Let's do them one they count.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and this is one that counts. A24 has a podcast. I have plugged that on the channel before their most recent episode is uh, with Daniel Kwan Daniel Shiner and Daniel Radcliffe uh, as they call themselves the various Daniels uh, <laughs> within within the podcast uh, of course Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner directed both Swiss Army Man and Everything Everywhere all at once Daniel Radcliffe worked with them on Swiss Army Man and uh, it's just a fun conversation between friends mm-hmm. and you know a, a lot of people worry about uh, podcasts with directors thinking that they'd come off pretentious or every, something. A lot of it's just them talking about Cheesecake Factory and just <laughs> their experience with everything everywhere all at once and how it completely uh, over exceeded their expectations and how it was received and everything. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, they're you could tell they're pretty humble guys about it all. So uh, the A24 podcast, uh, the Daniels, I think is just what it's called, but. It's the latest episode. Check it out on anywhere you can look at podcasts. And listen, mm-hmm, Daniel mm-hmm. Radcliffe's just a good dude. He talks a little bit about his Weird Al Yankovic movie coming out that I'm really excited for. So, yeah, check yeah. it out. <laughs> but that brings us to our assignment for next week. Uh, the movie I picked, it's my turn oh, to pick, by the way. Me. Did you tell know me. that? Did you know that it was my turn? Tell me. Yes.
1: So I I'm had, so ready.
0: I had started to watch this movie twice and didn't stop because I was bored or anything. Just like I was tired or I had to go somewhere or Mm -hmm. whatever. People keep telling me it's good. Uh, The two times I watched it, I just wasn't really in the mood to watch this kind of movie. Now I'm going to force myself to watch it, Uh, but it is on Netflix and it is called Mudbound. How long you been back from overseas? Just a couple of weeks. Much obliged, Ms. Triple Banks. You give yourself a wonderful day.
1: Take care. It's all right. It's just a car. It must have backfired. They say it stops eventually. You just come back. Come all the way back.
0: My nightmare's always the same. I scream. But it's nothing coming out. This place. This law.
1: We don't belong to them. And I think of the farm. I think of mud. Encrusted knees and hair.
0: Our family's in trouble. You understand that. Do you? What's the worst thing you ever did? You betray your own blood. You can't even see your own wife is
1: miserable. Silence. Oppression.
0: Fear. It would take an extraordinary man to beat all that. Amen apparently you have not watched it i checked your letterbox. i so have if you not. have watched it
1: okay uh this this has been on the list though for yeah. a while yeah it's been well, on my list as to well To be five years to be exact <laughs>
0: yeah oh my god it came out it feels like it came out like last year how does it come yeah. out five years ago it's god it damn. is crazy <laughs> so mudbound two young men oh no not young men why did i put that word in Two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi where they struggle to deal with racism and adjusting to life after war. It is directed by D. Reese, uh, written by Virgil <laughs> Williams. Did I say something uh, that was funny?
1: No, I had, I had IMDB's <laughs> like mud bound up, and as soon as he said uh, it, the movie's by D. Reese, it said film by D. Reese oh, nice, right nice. up on the trailer. Like,
0: Good <laughs> <pfft>. Good timing. <laughs> Written by Virgil Williams, uh, D. Reese, and based on the novel by Hillary Jordan, it is starring Jason Mitchell, Carrie Mulligan, Jason Clark, mary Jade Blige, Rob Morgan, Garrett uh, Headland, uh, not Della Headland, Garrett Headland, Jonathan Banks, Frankie Smith, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is in there as well. I'm trying to see anyone else that no one else is coming up, so I'm going to assume that that's all the people we would know. Uh, but mm-hmm. yes, that is again available on Netflix, and I'm excited to watch it. Uh, it's honestly yeah. a movie I forgot about until I was looking for a movie today, and it popped up. So I'm excited too. Yeah, absolutely. See, it, it was nominated for four Oscars, so it's got some quality at the very least.
1: As a, to be to be fair, like this is a movie that I could see myself also starting and just not. Not that it's bad in any way. It but just seems like just, it's
0: like you have to be in the certain mood to watch it because yeah. it's, it's it seems very serious. Oh, did I just what? see the guy from Breaking Bad in there? Yeah, Jonathan Banks. I told you.
1: Was that him? Yeah. Why don't I see his? There he is. He plays. Oh, he's got he's Happy got a very McGowan. like a uh, he's got a very far uh, profile picture from himself. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why.
0: <laughs> but yes, Mudbound is available on Netflix. Uh, that does it for this episode. 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 Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch something watching just this trailer on silence looks very serious and i'm okay mm-hmm. with that but super serious be ready for a serious movie not as serious as last week's get ready for some serious business serious, <laughs> serious podcasting business. yes <laughs> yes right. bye Goodbye bye everybody. now <laughs>